1: The Eagles are on the clock, and we have it covered for you here at BGN. I am your host, Michael Kiss, and this is, of course, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleedy Green Nation. This is episode four of our 2020 BGN Draft Specials, where we talk all things draft concerning the Eagles and the league. And today we have a fantastic guest for you, so I'm not going to waste any time getting to it. Let's kick it over to that conversation right now. And joining me today is Pro Football Focus lead draft analyst. He's a man who, after getting to do some bar hopping with him during the Senior Bowl, has shot up my drinking buddy Big Board. He's the only man from the draft community handsome enough to make it on The Bachelor. Great dude, great follow. Follow him at PFF underscore Mike. He is Mike Renner. Mike, brother, how you doing?
2: Doing fantastic. I If I were to make my... My, uh, my, ba- my big board, you'd be, you'd be top five for people to drink with, Michael. That was, that was a brilliant
1: time. Absolutely great time that they're in, uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And we are here to talk about Senior Bowl type stuff. We're here to talk about the 2020 NFL draft, if the listeners couldn't tell from the, uh, from the episode title. But let's not start with wide receivers today because I'm so tired of this. All we talk about, you know, on Eagles yeah. Twitter and whatnot. We'll, we'll get there, but there are other positions that I think are being neglected by Eagles fans in this whole process. And one of them is safety. Rodney McLeod may walk as a free agent. We'll see what Jim Schwartz has to say about that. Malcolm Jenkins won't play under his current contract, according to his words. We'll see what... Howie Roseman has to say about that. So as it stands now, the Eagles have potentially a short-term need and a, at the very least a, a long-term need as we stay in a month away from free agency, two months away from the draft. If the answers don't come from free agency, it will be up to the draft to fix it. So Mike, I've got a name in mind, but I want to see if it's the same name as yours. Is there a name out there that not unlike Darnell Savage Jr. last year uh, that could find themselves vaulting themselves into the first round discussion that we aren't necessarily talking about in that area yet
2: i've been all over cal safety Ashton davis and truthfully the comp for him in the draft guide was darnell savage because that's my guy uh, uh, i love it speed plays at safety and especially yeah. in today's nfl you you have when you have guys like tyreek hill playing from the slot and getting these you know free releases free runs at your safeties if you have a safety running a mid 4 640 you're just you can't you can't live with that in the back end anymore so when you get a guy like ashen davis who has this track speed uh former track star hurdler at cal has, uh, you know, made plays from middle of the field safety, you know, to the seams, to the sidelines over the course of his career. I think the more you those are the kind of guys who are going to be drafted higher than probably, uh, you know, your box safeties who might have more big hits on tape, might make more plays around the line of scrimmage. I think uh, like like you mentioned last year, like we saw from Darnell Savage, he wasn't quite that guy. wasn't, you know, your run support safety. But those middle of the field guys are very coveted in today's NFL.
1: Yeah. Ashton Davis was the guy that I had in mind. I think he's going to shoot up draft boards. I think he's going to test really well. You know, he's got the track background and everything like that. So he's a guy that I really think is going to sneak himself into the first round. Do you have do you have a favorite outside of Davis? Maybe maybe your top guy, I'm not sure exactly how you rank him, but obviously there, there's other guys like Xavier McKinney from Alabama. There's Grant Delpit from LSU. Who, who do you who do you mm-hmm. put in that range?
2: I So I don't think there's anyone else in that range for me. To me, there's like this three guys in terms of Xavier McKinney, Ashton Davis, Grant Delpit that if you need a safety, you really should probably go get one of those guys. Like, yeah. Those are kind of like the linebacker class last year where you had the two guys, then it's like, you know, good luck after <laughs> that. But I do think my fourth guy on my board is Terrell Burgess from Utah just because, like I mentioned, to provide value at safety, it's not the box guys anymore. It's not the guys who are making plays against the around the line of scrimmage. It's middle of the field, deep, plays from deep, or can you come down and cover the slot effectively? Mm-hmm. And so that to me is Terrell Burgess. He's probably the best outside of that top group in terms of coming down, covering the slot, man coverage, that sort of thing. It's very good this past year for Utah, and I was a little worrisome because he only played one year. And you always get worried about guys who only play, yeah. you know, only have one year of production. But... To me, he showed that ability better than basically anyone else after them on the draft board here.
1: So you mentioned box safeties, and they're and they're a bit devalued and whatnot. But I do wonder what you make of the Lenore Ryan uh, product, the safety Kyle Duggar, because. The expectation is, you know, he's going to test very well for his size at the combine. He's like 220, like around there. So he's probably going to show up around like, you know, 2-1 something. Uh, he showed well during the senior bowl practices. as a bigger safety with coverage skills. Definitely has an enticing profile. It's hard to uh, watch his tape and glean anything from it other than he's just really big and really fast compared to these dudes he's playing against. Um, how high could you see him being selected in this class? A- and are you buying, you know, his his ceiling?
2: I was really impressed with what I saw at senior bowl, but it was like, that's one of those positions where safety going up against tight ends and one on so ones you only get like a handful of times right. throughout the sort of the week. That's like probably the most limited sort of, of any position outside of running back senior bowl. We just really guys don't rise or fall on your board that much. So it's tough to, for me to say, we actually are getting Lenoir Ryan tape in next week. So that I will, I will have to punt on this and say, I'll get back to you next week because <laughs> I, I uh, but like I said, physically like tools wise, He had a lot more than, you know, if I'm just looking at my safety board where I go down to, you know, J.R. Reed from Georgia at number eight, Aloe Gilman at number nine. He's got more tools than those guys by far. Like his tools are up there with top safeties in this class, uh, definitely on a different level of athlete. So uh, I I think I'd rather take a chance on a guy like that if we're drafting the third, fourth round than of the guys I just mentioned.
1: Yeah. Speaking of like late day two, maybe day three guys, any favorite uh, safeties from this class that that catch your fancy? Maybe a guy like a Jeremy Chin from uh, Southern Illinois, another senior bowl guy that I thought had a pretty doggone good week. Uh, basically, maybe a, a guy that isn't on many raiders at the safety position that you're crushing on a little bit.
2: I like Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. Now, Ooh. he's not a. I don't know if he's a safety or a cornerback because he literally just played slot cornerback for Clemson three years okay. slot cornerback. But like, I really like him because he's Bigger than your average cornerback. Like he came in like 205, I want to say, or a little over 200 pounds, which like 5'11", 200 pounds, like that's more of a safety size than it is most cornerbacks. And so he played just the slot, but he made a lot of plays from slot. And I thought he was very good, very quick and underneath zone coverage. So I like, and I don't think he's going to be a day two guy by any means. I think he's definitely a fourth, fifth rounder at best. But in terms of that, if you can get a guy who can actually cover the slot well and do enough, I I think he is athletic enough to then hold up on the back end. I I think that by that point in day three is definitely a valuable uh, asset.
1: I like that. Let's uh, transition to corner because the Eagles entered this whole process with a big need in their whole defensive backfield, including a cornerback. And it's a group that's been incredibly banged up and picked on for a couple years now on the outside corners. Uh, beyond like Jeremy uh, Okada from from Ohio State could probably say is a, a top five pick, top 10 lock. Mm. I think the next name on most lists is Christian Fulton of LSU, who I mean, this guy is sort of the quintessential Eagles corner for both good and bad reasons. He's better working top down from from off coverage, but he does have some incredibly patient feet. There's really no panic to his game, yet he struggles like Eagles corners do to impact the catch point, you know, down the field. I think he's definitely in play for the Eagles if he gets to 21. What are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I I like Christian Fulton a lot because the sort of the catch point stuff to me is almost like it's it's sort of random. Like yes, he gave up a lot of plays at the catch point, but it's almost like how you play the catch point. Hmm. Uh, and I thought he was, he was at least like there attacking it the right way. Now he's not he's not a strong dude by any means. That's probably the biggest criticism you could say of him. He's not physical, like you mentioned in press coverage. He's more mere, more you know, quick feet, more agility than actually going to get up and get in your grill and impact you along the route. So that tends to, you know, when you face bigger corners in the NFL, you can go up against uh, someone like with some physicality in them. All of a sudden they're slapping you around instead of vice versa, which is, that's worrisome. But I do think you can't, can't teach how smooth his hips are. You Can't teach, uh, you know, just how uh, patient and on balance he is with his feet uh, along the route. So I think those sort of traits will translate. And also he's been super productive at LSU over the course of his career in terms of just PBU's not allowing a ton of uh, yards over his career and just grading wise is great out really well. So I'm a big fan of Fulton. If he is there at, you know, at the Eagles pick in the first round, I would 100% pull the trigger on that. uh, And then wait, unless, you know, unless one of like CD lamb, Jerry Judy has, has fallen that far. But I had 100% pull the trigger on that and then wait on the cor- on the wide receiver class in round two.
1: Yeah, I saw in your mock draft you had uh, Henry Ruggs going at 21, and, and we'll actually talk about a guy that you picked later for for the Eagles. You, you can't go wrong picking Rugs for the Eagles. You could do that a thousand times until exactly. you know, the end of April, and you'll be right. You know, or at least Eagles fans won't come at you like crazy. <laughs>
2: That's the goal. That's the only goal when you're when you're draft for the Eagles. Don't get them to come at you
1: because <laughs> they will. Let's do a, a, a would you rather because there's a couple other names there in the first round discussion that I think are really talented. And I think they're probably going to be pretty close. I said, you know, the PFF big board might be you know mm-hmm. different than your personal board. But uh, Trevon Diggs from Alabama, who you said had like that pterodactyl build. Oh, yeah. And then um, CJ Henderson from Florida, who's got like. To me, all the tools, all the movement skills, but there are some serious like concerns in his game. You know, if you're sitting there in the mid to late first round, which one would you prefer?
2: Oh man. And so I think in the right scheme, if you're really playing uh, a ton of press coverage, if you're really going to let Trayvon Diggs go up and get in guys' grills, I'd probably rather have Trayvon Diggs. But if you're talking about just like in just like a scheme that's like no real identity to it where you do a bunch of different things, I'd probably rather have CJ Henderson because the athleticism is off the charts. I think like back at the opening coming out of high school, I ran like a four, three, five and had like a 40 inch vertical ridiculous agility. And it shows up on tape in terms of just his pure man, like pure, like stick with a wide receiver ability. It's he's right up there with Jeffrey Okuda. He just has like weird. It's almost like personality with him. Like he doesn't. He doesn't trash talk. He doesn't like he's like the only cornerback who after he breaks up a pass isn't like you know celebrating like he just won Super Bowl. Like he, he just I don't something trust about him. <laughs> him is different, right? Yeah, and that's like that's almost scary yeah. because every cornerback does that. You need almost need that mentality. So, I don't I don't know what to make of him, but I know he has like the skill set to succeed in the NFL. Uh, but th- I'd be lying if I said there wasn't red flags.
1: Look, I need a cornerback like Jair Alexander, who doesn't keep his mouthpiece in because he chirps yeah. that much. That's the type of cornerback <laughs> that I like. And look, in this process, you know... Anderson's and Henderson's not your guy, then. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, exactly. It, during this process, over the next couple of months, there are going to be other corners that will enter the discussion or in the discussion for that late round one conversation. Um, this is another where I have a name in mind. You nailed it on Ashton Davis before, but I want your thoughts. And we can look outside of just the Eagles for this one because I'm, I'm curious... Mm-hmm. If, if you have another corner or corners with maybe a top 30 grade or a guy that you think could very possibly get his name called on day one or you feel should be in serious consideration for that area.
2: So I have like a bunch of guys between like 30 and 50 on my board of the corner position right now. Mm. Uh, right at the top, right at the kind of like right at the borderline 30 is Jalen Johnson from Utah mm. and Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State. Both those guys. And they're kind of like two different guys. Jalen Johnson, a little more like instinctual, uh, not doesn't fit the size, length, profile you might love, but like he's uh, very much like uh, he had a pick against J.J. Ortega Whiteside, our boy, last year. Uh, he was like the one guy who got him on that end zone fade yeah. uh, that he used to run back at Stanford. He was the one guy who did that. Like He's very instinctual, very physical, despite not having great size. And so I really like him. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a locked down, one side of the field kind of guy, but he's going to be a guy who like will make plays on the football and make get, get you some picks over the course of his career. Uh, and then dancer i'd I would love him I would put him in this in that sort of Fulton Trayvon Diggs, CJ Henderson tier mm. if the dude wasn't one hundred seventy five pounds I mean he's right. so damn skinny like he has great coverage ability like he's great in press, but like there's not an ounce of muscle on this dude and I, i'm I'd be surprised to see what or i'm gonna I'm very interested to see what he looks like at the combine because think he was listed at six two I think he was listed at 175 mm. or maybe it was 180 but like that's a crazy build already. Uh, if you come into the NFL like that, you're just going to get thrown around. So uh, he needs to put on muscle. But if he does and like shows he can, you know, test out well athletically with some more size, uh, I can be all in on him as a first rounder.
1: So my guy that I, I think is going to shoot up some boards and it's the guy that you mocked to the Eagles in the second round in your latest mock for pro football Ooh-hoo, focus. Okay. Noah, Ig, it, let, let's let me try to say I
2: it's actually pretty easy
1: i know Igbenogany. Igbenogany. Yeah. there we go i tried to do it <laughs> slow you just got to power through it so noah Igbenogany yeah. from auburn who only has two years experience as a corner but is going to have a fantastic uh athletic and physical profile L- love the love the build yeah. of this guy and the way that he moves not a whole lot of production at the position but it really feels like if you're looking for like a high ceiling guy like this is the guy where if it like clicks for him, he's going to be like a baller.
2: Oh, 100%. And I'm like floored he came out because yeah. uh, if he comes back next year, he, he could have, I mean, this guy could be a top 10 pick. Like right. that's the kind of skills we're talking about athletically size, like the way he plays the game. And you will have reps. Have you watched like the Alabama tape? He's not outclassed at all in that game. Like he is sticking with these dudes, but then he'll get. Then he'll seed ground to some scrub wide receiver from you know Tulane. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Why'd that happen? You know, like he's just like so inconsistent at this point. And you know, no real ball like ball skills speak of one pick in his career, only 16 PBUs in two years. just the, and the inconsistencies, it's like you'd rather they not be there right now, but you see the high end to think you know, and like you mentioned, like hasn't been playing corner that long. You think that he can figure this out at some point. So yeah, I'm on board with you there. A lot of people are super high on this guy. Obviously us, at PFF are always like, we need to see it. So we're going to hedge and say there's that added risk. Once again, if you haven't seen it with the guy, but, but I, I can agree. Like if you're going to draft this guy in the first round, I'm not going to argue too hard. There's some serious, some serious talent.
1: Yeah, I think a DB coach is going to see him and say, give them to me. I'll make it work kind of deal. Uh-huh. You know, the hubris of the NFL coaches. We'll see. We'll see if oh, it yeah. does for him. We're going to switch sides to offense when we come back from break. We'll be back with more with Mike Renner from PFF right after this.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: And we are back here on BGN talking with Mike Renner of PFF, obviously SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it all to you. Michael Kist here. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. We'll finally talk about some wide receivers. We know that's why everybody came. Uh, First question, and this is something that I asked Eagles fans on Twitter. I took a poll asking if they had a choice between... Wide receiver Lavishka Chenault Jr. of Colorado and Jalen Rieger of TCU. Which one would you take? And the results came back 60-40 for Eagles fans in favor of Chenault. Do you side with the Eagles fans on this, Mike? That one's actually interesting because
2: I think uh, after Judy and Lamb, it's kind of like pick your scheme. Pick pick the guy you need for your scheme. And I, I honestly think in that scheme – Rager almost fits better. There's mm. more of what they need at this point uh, and, and would make a bigger impact right out the gate. But I, but I do, again, I don't, I don't think you necessarily go wrong with either. Both are pretty freaky athletes. Both just like are kind of get the ball in their hands and they'll make something happen right away. I just think Rager's a little more polished in terms of attacking the ball down the field, getting open, you know, on that vertical route tree at this point. it's more, you got to put the ball in his hands to get yeah. good things out of it, you know, almost scheme the hand. I, I trust Doug Peterson. He's going to, he would be able to do that at, at a very high level uh, if they did get someone like Chenault. But yeah, I think almost Rager is just a better fit out the gate, but, Dudes are both so explosive. Uh, they need someone like that, like someone in that vein of someone who runs a sub 4-4, four four, basically, like to get <laughs> some speed to that offense. So I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to hate on either of the picks, but I'd probably almost lean Rager for the Eagles at this
1: point. Yeah, and, you know, after the catch is going to be a big thing for them. So I think I think Rager's got the got the juice and Chenault's got the production. And the guy that you mocked to him, you know, Henry Ruggs, he averaged 9.0 yards after the catch for his career, which is just freaking absurd man like this class yeah. is this not only is this like a fantastic class but like these are some of the best receivers i've ever seen after the catch period
2: i think we're gonna see it at the combine and really like by the numbers they put up see oh, okay this is a different class because you're gonna see sub 4-4 from judy chenault rugs Rager, like I- iuk maybe even mims yeah. gonna be around that area like all these guys are going to run just and jump out the gym They that's just like the talent in this class—it's not only just fantastic wide receivers; it's actual
1: physical freaks as well. Yeah, you mentioned it. Look, looking outside of that consensus top tier, and probably speaking of like maybe round two guys here, the other would you rather that I'll ask is between Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, who I love, and LSU's Justin Jefferson. Who you got? Oh, man, this one's—I <laughs> a lot of people love Jefferson.
2: I like Ayuk though. I, I think again. What wins in the NFL, kind of what I was going back to with the safety conversation in terms of you want guys who are just deadly down the football field, who are going to terrify safeties and who can change game plans. To me, that's more Iuk. Jefferson's more of a after the catch, contest a catch, and he has great ball skills, uh, you know, a shifty guy, but mm-hmm. I don't see him You know, out of the slot, uh, which is where he ran like almost all his routes yeah. this past year at LSU. Uh, I, I don't see him testing your safeties the way someone like IU does.
1: Yeah, I did preliminary grades on some of these guys that I watch, and Ayuk turned out to be a really big fan of, like, he's right there with Rieger for me, and that's how much I like him, mm-hmm. so I think I would go that way, too, and Jefferson was, like, a, a small tier below that, so they're good football players, a lot of dudes in this class, and, and yeah. like, when you think about it, like, one guy that I really liked last year was Auburn's wide receiver and eventual New York Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton, who had some serious burners, but didn't really get to showcase that much uh, in the Auburn offense, and as such, he fell a little bit in the draft, all the way to the thirty three third pick in the fifth round in a class that's loaded like this there's bound to be somebody or multiple people really uh that can produce similar to slayton early on in their careers who will fall for similar reasons is there anybody when i when i say that scenario that that comes to mind for you
2: i i still wonder i w- i would have said denzel mims before the senior bowl but right. like at the senior the bowl he really <laughs> like he was just and even me like i was I was kind of like, I th- I think he's more of like a late day two guy, but I'd really want him like late day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going to the senior bowl, he just like blew it up, was like off the charts, probably the best, had the best week of any guy there, him and probably KJ Hill, but like for a yep. little different reasons. But uh, so I think he's very much played his way to, if not first, somewhere early second, mid second at this yeah. point. So. I'm trying to think a guy who might fall. I don't have anyone good for you off the top of my head now. After that,
1: what about what about day two? Like guys that you really like outside of the, you know, Justin Jefferson we talked about, Ayuk we talked about. Maybe there's a guy like I, I don't know, just spitballing here. Are you a big Michael Pittman Jr. fan? Is is Jawan Jennings like a? Like a Jawan Jennings is my guy. Fan.
2: I'm unreasonably yeah, okay. high on Jawan Jennings compared <laughs> to probably the general consensus, and I, I it's just I think that guys who move that way tend to succeed in the end. Like, guys who just have that innate shake. Like, he he, bro- he led the nation in broken tackles last year uh, for our charting. Only had 59 catches, but led the nation in broken tackles. And he wasn't, like, getting screens. He was actually, like, it- he was working from the slot, but it wasn't just, like, pumping these underneath targets. He would actually break tackles down the football field. He's just, uh, I think, guys who can do that at a super high level. And then he showed really well, at least getting off press coverage at the Senior Bowl. I think that's a translatable skill set. Now, it's not, I don't think he's going to be, Uh, you know, he's not special like some of the other wide receivers in this class. I just think you have a really solid number two on your hands if you get a guy like Jennings.
1: When you kind of put it that way, is that kind of like an A.J. Brown type of thing, the way you would use him or the way he's going to win in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I think that's not a a poor man's A.J. Brown. A.J. (laughs) Brown is definitely faster, bigger, a little better athlete. But I think he had that similar sort of that shake at the top of his routes, the ability to get off the line uh, that, it, you can't coach like a yeah. you, guy either moves like that or he doesn't you're not going to teach guy to, uh, to just have that sort of
1: shiftiness i like it all right one last quick would you rather before you go mike and you've got four yep. choices here this is from the from the running back group clyde edwards Hilaire from lsu jonathan taylor from wisconsin let's go deandre swift from georgia and then option D, option four, will go with it doesn't matter who you got.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with D. It doesn't matter. Truthfully, like the, when you see a mock and it's like DeAndre Swift in the first round, 18 overall to the Dolphins or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the third round, it's like, dude, Edwards Hilaire's numbers were better last year. Yeah. Like, like Edwards Hilaire's numbers were better last year. They had similarly good offensive lines. What are we doing here? You yeah. know, why, like the difference between those two guys is not that big. Uh, like, DeAndre Swift. To me, he's just getting pretty overhyped. Like, he's a good back. Don't get me wrong, but I don't see special. Like, to be drafted in the first round, you better have just torn up college football to in some way, shape, or form. And, like, I did not see that for DeAndre Swift. So I, I like him, think he's a talented back. Boy, if I'm drafted in the first round, I'd like that. I'd, that would just be absurdly crazy to me.
1: Yeah, who if you were to draft Swift in the first and then Edwards goes in the third, I'd lose my mind on that team. Whoever yeah. did that. Because I mean, honestly, it's it's so close for me, and, and like you said, it really doesn't matter that CEH, like, I think he's gonna be the most productive back out of this class. Him and J.K. Dobbins. Like, there are backs that you can get that are gonna produce. Even Jonathan Taylor isn't yeah. thought of as a burner. The dude's got straight speed. Like, he's he can be a game breaker for you. But there's so many of them. Why not just yes. draft elsewhere in the beginning of the draft? Why draft running back 1, so early? <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> Mike, that's going to do it for this BGN draft special. Mike, would you let everyone know what you're, what you got cooking up over there at PFF with all your draft work where they can find you all that good stuff?
2: Yes, go ahead. Find me on PFF or on, geez, on Twitter, PFF <laughs> underscore Mike. Uh, we have a draft guy, 250 players dropping the 24th, yes. the Monday of the combine week. So, That'll be up Uh, if you saw, if any of you guys saw the senior bowl one, it had uh, basically all the grades, stats on these guys, uh, pros, cons, write ups of their strengths and weaknesses and their college careers, basically how they and how they got to college recruiting background, that sort of stuff. Basically, anything you want to know about a prospect, we're trying to put in this guide for you guys. So 250 players that'll be on. 24th, like I said, and we'll be actually be updating it, trying to get up to like 400 by the end, by the draft. So it's only like 10 bucks if you want it. So go ahead and go ahead and check that out.
1: I'm gonna be using the crap out of it. Thanks for joining
2: us, Mike. For sure, Michael.
1: Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.